0: So anyway, um, I have an opportunity today um, to share my heart like all the pastors have um, before um, or the governing elders in our church. I am one of those. Um, if you don't know who I am, uh, my name is Eric. I'm the campus pastor here on the, in, in this church. Um, and I, stop it. I even hesitate ever saying those things. Stop it. Um, So I get an opportunity here to, one of the things that Pastor Wes wanted us to be sure we were doing was sharing our heart with our congregation, with the folks that call this place home. Um, Again, although I do believe that this is something that can go outside. And so in sequence, you could almost make a sentence out of it, right? We had daily, right? We had abide. We had first love. Um, Jesus said so, which is like prayer, right? Because that's what Pastor John talked about. Um, last week's um, service with uh, Elder Andrea, um, which powered through how nervous she was, and you couldn't even tell, um, but she did her thing, Uh, Jesus being the perfect servant. And I do believe that community is a really good kind of like bow, if you will, because this is all stuff that gets practiced in a community. So daily abiding in our first love, right? You could probably tie those together um, through prayer and service in a community. You know what I mean? That's kind of how I like did a through line for all of those titles. Um, And for, as I was just kind of doing some research, and I'm trying not to do like what I did before and just kind of inundate it with a ton of facts, although it's just how my mind works. Um, I just kind of looked up certain things that I thought would be very important to today. And there has been a through line with even some of the communion messages that have been um, talked about here. And so basically a group, this is a community, a group of persons that uh, consciously or unconsciously shares one or more normative designations that are either spatial, political, ethnic, moral, or spiritual. And then you fast forward a little bit in, contem- in contemporary religious thought. The term, is also, the term also designates a group bound together by a strong commitment to, a sh- to shared spiritual values and a common sense of being a people who embody what they call a telos or a telos. I'm trying to work out the pronunciation there. But telos is more of like, um, it's something that Aristotle used. And it's like a, a man's end or an ultimate goal, right? And so we are together bound in something, right? We we know who Christ is. And it's an ultimate end. It's a goal that we're all looking to To get uh, get there together. Um, And it it also um, has koinonia in it. And this is something that Zach brought up in in his tithe message. And then there was another mention of it, I do believe, with uh, Elder Andrea. And again, this through line of a lot of like-minded saying that's going through. And koinonia is referring to both a shared sense of identity and a moral imperative or even a necessity, right, a moral imperative or necessity to act towards one another in a kind, in a, in a manner befitting those who participate together in the one fellowship of Christ, right? So there's almost a, a responsibility that's implied there. It's imperative, but it's a necessity that this is what we're doing for each other together. Um, you guys know community is everywhere. Um, throughout my lifetime, I've been involved in many types of community, whether it's uh, hip hop community, whether it was CHH community, if it had anything to do with sneaker community, if it was uh, going out to different shows and trying to like cheer on other folks who were doing CHH in the city, community, church community, the black community, right? Like there's, and, and, you know, Wakanda forever came out and light skins are considered well-kinda. So, you know, even that community, you know what I'm saying? So, (laughs) um, if you get it, you get it. Anyway, I'm just saying. Um, And so it's one of those things where it's like we can all say that we're a part of some kind of community somewhere together, but I believe The one that's the most important are us as Christians because I don't identify as anything else other than being a child of God, right? I don't look at my skin color. I don't look at the fact that I wear, you know, shoes. I don't look at the fact that I might listen to certain obscure tracks of Christian hip-hop or underground hip-hop or things like that. Like, I don't identify in those things anymore, it used to be that it was my whole identity, and, and, and you remember those really awkward times when you're young, and you're just trying to get in somewhere, and so I would hang out with the backpackers that were doing all freestyles at the tables, beating on the tables to do beats. I thought I was going to be a tagger once and tried to hang out with uh, Laquan and Latif. I was going to go out with them, and I was just going to bomb walls and all this other stuff. You know, thinking I I needed to be a part of a community outside of myself. And if you go backwards even further, right, it was because I was missing something. My dad wasn't around, right? We were poor in Fifth Ward, Texas, out in Houston. I shared clothes with my sister. My dad would cut my hair. And if you've ever had a homemade haircut, it is atrocious, and that's exactly what it was. I got made fun of a lot. So when you see me dressed, if I can be a completely transparent with you a certain way, sometimes what kind of insecurity am I masking here by doing this? Is that too much? At the end of the day, I did not have these things. And so I go and get them. Because for a while, they made me feel better about myself. They made me feel like I was accepted somewhere. I could blend in with people. I could, I, could, I could get into CHH and be the guy standing out, but then pretend like I was just trying to be one of them. No, I wanted to be noticed when I showed up. And when we get to church, we hide. We decide that it's not worth it to talk to anybody and we get into corners. I've been there. Listen, this isn't shots at anybody. I did this for a long time, and when church community hurt me, if I can just go there, when church community hurt me, I left it. And my wife will tell you I'm not that guy. I didn't want anything to do with church. I didn't care about church. And so I started pouring into things that were like it. And so I dumped myself into CHH. I was going to shows. I was looking for people. Kenny will tell you, we used to work together at Club His Hop. He was the DJ there. And we would go out to different shows, and we would find people. And I started doing this, and then I started pouring myself into Christian battle rap. And I'm thinking, this is something I can just identify with. And when we left community that hurt us, what we were looking for was just a covering. It was just a building. It was like, it was like having uh, an, an LLC. It was like doing business as. I just needed a place that I could tell someone, oh, I'm, I'm going here. Because our tithe checks were going to that place. But I didn't care about the people in here. I didn't care about the pastors that were in here. I didn't care about the community in here. None of it. And if you remember me from the days, as soon as service was over, I was out the door. Because I didn't want to talk to anybody. Because I wasn't here for you. I don't know if that's doing too much. I didn't care. didn't matter to me. I'm like, I'm out. I don't need to be here any longer. I punched my time card. God sees me. So I'm good. And I left every time. And then one day, I don't know why, I can't tell you, other than it was just God, I can't give you any insight to it, I got right here on the corner, and I was just getting ready to make that left on rainbow, and God said, turn around. And I made a U-turn right here, and I came back in here. I sat in my car for 10 minutes. (laughs) Why am I here? Why did I come back into this building? I don't want to be here. Go inside. To obey is better than sacrifice. Like, all right. So I went back inside, and I stood right in that lobby in the corner, and I just didn't talk to anybody. But they came back over, and they kept talking to me. And I'm like, God, why are these people here? I remember the first time I started coming to this church, everybody hugs. I'm like, yo, back up. I don't know you like that. Oh, we're huggers here. Cool, but I'm not. <laughs> I'll give you a pound, we can do the pancake, but after that, I'm good. I don't I don't need all that closeness. But what was I missing? Why didn't I want it? Still trying to find myself. Still trying to figure out where I fit in community. Because his hop was gone. Spitter's Forum was just starting to come to its end, even after we. spent an entire weekend in Colorado with Jay Blades, who was a DJ, helped us out, co-founder of the Spinners Forum, along with my wife. And it just started tanking. Things just started falling. Couldn't get shows together anymore. And we were doing shows. We were doing shows, shows. They were good. And it just started all falling apart. And when I couldn't understand it, I just would get angry and frustrated. And then I realized that there was a community I needed to be a part of, which was going to be Boulevard Church. And then, when Pastor West started talking to me about becoming a pastor in this building, I argued with him and I told him no. I was like, You don't know who I am. So I'm good. And then he started telling me who I was. And we're standing in the parking lot at Encounter Church. And I'm yelling at him in the parking lot. You don't know me. I can tell you right now, there are verses in Timothy that disqualify me right now. You don't know me. I can't be that dude. You don't want people following me. No, I'm not going to be a pastor there. I wouldn't do it. And then at the end of it all, a board gets together And they vote. And Pastor West calls me again during COVID. And asks me if I want a pastor here. And I was still like, I don't think so. I don't think so. And then God was like, you got to do it. You remember that part in Gladiator when Maximus is talking with Marcus Aurelius and he's getting ready to hand Rome over to him? He's like, hey, I just want you to take care of this. Take care of this little bit of people right here. And he's like, look, I just want to go home. I can't do this. And he goes, that's why it must be you. And that's all that played in my head. I love Gladiator. It's one of my favorite movies. It's a great movie. And it just would repeat. And I'm like, but this is stupid and corny. What do you mean? It. It. That's why it must be you, Maximus. Thank you. I wasn't even trying. And I thought to myself, Okay, well, however this is going to sound, God didn't call the qualified, he qualified the call, right? So I was in a space where it was just like, okay, I I guess I'm supposed to be a pastor at Boulevard Church, reluctantly. And if any of you have ever spoken to me, I'll tell you what it means to me all the time. Pastor is like a hat that I like that's a a size too small. I'll wear it, but it's uncomfortable. I still do it. But I'm learning every day. I'm learning how to be a better man, believe it or not, how to be a better husband, how to be a better father. My kids are grown in and out the house. How to be a better community person. Because when I get to certain meetings, man, I ghost. I don't stand out front because I don't want that. I don't want the attention. It's not what I'm there for. So when you see me like, ah, you know what I'm saying, like that's, I pray it's not false humility, but it's nothing I'm looking for. <laughs> I just don't want it. Now to the scriptures, because this is what we're here for. And so as we, as I was unpacking the words for community, and all of that has a point, and we'll get to it. But Ephesians 4, um, I think I gave, did I give you 15 and 16, or did I give you, I think, 15 and 16. Okay. So hold off on 15 and 16, because I do believe that the context before it is important, and I failed to give that to you. So you can bullet up if you want, but I'm starting from 1, and I'm going to uh, 16. Um, therefore, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling, in which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love. How tough is that for some of y'all right now in just this community? Eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. That's why the word unity is in parentheses right there. Because yes, it's community, but we're unified. We're supposed to be unified, right? Therefore, or there is one body and one spirit Just as you were called to the one hope that um, belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, um, in saying, this is in parentheses here, he ascended. This is the ascension, descension part right there. Um, uh, what does it mean? But that he had also descended into the lower regions of the earth. Um, he who descended is also the uh, is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might um, fill all things. This is again the prophecy telling you know this is God, Jesus telling us he's going to a place right to prepare. We get the Comforter of the Holy Spirit, and he gives uh, he gave the apostles, he gave the prophets the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. That's important there. Because in community, yes, Pastor Wes will tell you all the time he likes to lead among peers. He doesn't want to be over a church, but in a church, right? And and a lot of people fail to recognize that. They, They think it's It's this and this, but this isn't glamorous, and it's difficult, and it's hard, and it's uncaring, and people don't love you for it. Message, I'm just going to leave that right there. It is what it is, to equip, and then um, until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature, uh, to mature manhood. Uh, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Um, And uh, we're coming up on verse 15 here in just a second. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. Doctrine, let me stop there. It's this place where we find ourselves often wanting to go and get an affirmation from somebody who is not in your community. We go and we start looking for, like it says, you want your ears tickled. You don't want truth. You don't want somebody to talk to you about where you are, and especially if you've been around that thing a bunch of times, sometimes what you need is for somebody to look you square in your face and be like, what's happening? Why are we here again? Not to coddle you and pat you on your shoulder and tell you it's going to be okay. It'll be okay, but in Christ. And are you leaning into Him when that happens? Listen, I, I'm i in this place now where I'm older, I'm 48 years old, and I realize there's a lot of things that I've never dealt with and I've been going to therapy for over a year, probably two now. And I don't even know how that jives with some of y'all's theology right now. I know what it meant for me in the beginning, well, is God not enough? Can I just not change it? And if I just keep pressing in and praying, and yes, God does all of those things. And you can change just like that. You can. I've seen it. I've seen people whose lives were changed. But sometimes you just don't have the tools. And if God is orchestrating something, and I won't say in general, but maybe for me it meant going to therapy, and understanding how I dealt with the things that happened to me as a kid, and why those things inform my decisions today, right? Sometimes when I'm doing my thing, or if I'm, if I'm hosting, or we were doing the rap shows and all this other stuff, I could be 100% confident, and it would take one word, and I would just crumble because of my insecurity. And I can still pretend and lead and come out here and praise God and smiles and all that other stuff. But deep down inside, I didn't believe that because I wasn't changing. At the end of the day, what I'm saying here is that we, sh- we don't need to be in a place all the time where we allow this. And, and, and just let your heart lead be the thing that gets you tossed back and forth on being emotional all the time, everything that God does, if it's already planned, and if God saw it before the foundations of the earth, if he already knew who you were, then why do we allow ourselves to be dragged by our hearts all the time, everywhere, and our, and our mental stability or the things that we will just start crutching on? No shade. But at some point, you got to go start figuring those things out. And I do believe that therapy was a part of that for me because I'm learning about myself a lot. So I'm not tossed to and fro. Jesus. All right. uh, By every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Verse 15. This one here is important to me and my wife because this is our family's verse. I've actually got that tattooed right up here on my arm. And it's a part of our, what we called our decree. And all of my kids' names and my wife's name is under the covering of that verse. This is why it's important to us. And it says, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole world or from, the who, from who the whole body, joined and held together by every joint, with which it is equipped even, I'm sorry, when each part is working uh, properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Grow up here means maturity. Grow up. Eric, grow up. I needed to mature. This needed to be more than just something I can brandish, which is why I don't even, I don't have it visible. Because it's for me, I'm just showing you, right, for the sake of the example. But 15 and 16 meant for our family that as long as we were growing together, as we were maturing together strong as a family, that as each does its one part, we're functioning together as a family whole. Do you believe that for yourself in this building? Do you believe that you're even a family in this building? Listen, the church is not your fair-weather friend. You don't show up when you're ready. And some of you have to do that, take it how you want. I don't mean to clap at you from here, and I do mean that. But at the end of the day, you crave community, and you want someone to be able to help you, but you don't even invest. I, wasn't go- I didn't want to go here. I didn't. Because I try to be nice about my messages, but sometimes, man, Dad has to come in and say some things. I just have de- I've just decided I'm just the housekeeping pastor. <laughs> and if I' got to say some things, I got to say it. take it how you want it. Nowadays, it's I said what I said. I said what I said. You want someone to be able to help you out, pray with you and all that, and we'll do that. But where are you?) <laughs> Where are you? Anybody? What does community mean to you? These are questions I asked along the way. We do have more scriptures. I promise I'll try to get through it. I don't want it to be too painful. What does growth look like for you? And do you even expect it here? Why or why not? What does growth look like to you in this building? Yeah, in the church community at large, sure. You can find something somewhere, but God has you here if you believe that, and if you believe that this is your family. You don't get, you don't get to pick them. <laughs> and sometimes you don't even like them all the time. But we hear. And it's not just making the best of a situation. It's choosing to be purposeful about it. And even if, and even if at the end of the day it's something you don't care for or want, don't you love how things work like that? Just leave it. It's fine. i got to get to this. At the end of the day, it's, who, why are you here? That's, that was originally going to be the, the message I was going to title it, why are you here? But I thought, man, that's, that's probably too direct. <laughs> uh, um, what have you been committing to in this community? Or, or why, I'm sorry, why have you been committing to this community? Or why haven't you been committing to this community? I mean, these are a lot of open-ended questions. I want you to go home, and I do want you to think about this. Why haven't you committed to this community at the end of the day? If you have or haven't, if you're not, why haven't you? You don't like how the leadership does things in here. You don't like how it's small every time you walk in here. Maybe the worship doesn't have all the driving drums and everything that goes along with it. But this is the community you keep showing up in, so why are you here? Why'd you show up? Because at the end of the day, it's better to look every single one of a small church person in the eye, including me, because this is reciprocal. And I can look at you and say, what you been doing? We're talking about this again. I just had a conversation with someone who shall remain anonymous. We were having a talk about what was going on in this person's life, and I said to them, you know, I don't mean to make this sound mean, but every single time we talk, this is what you tell me you're dealing with. And this is every time. And I asked this person a question, "Do you believe you're supported here?" And they told me, "Yes." And I said, "Then why haven't you called anyone?" Community, guys, it's 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 going to get better, I promise. <laughs> it's community. It, it, and when I left this person, I said to them, it is unacceptable that you didn't call someone. There's too many people here that want to help. There's too many people here that can help you. And you may not believe that, but have you tried? Have you even tried getting out of the circles of the norms of the people that you're usually with and go talk to one other person whom you hardly ever give time of day to? In this building, do you understand that? In this building. Because what sits in here is usually about the core. And, you know, I used to get, I used to get so entangled in numbers and, God, who's going to hear this? And today I was just like, I don't care. I don't care. Jesus. Acts. Oh, sorry, here's another question. What's your give back? You're in here receiving something because you keep showing up, but what have you given back? And what do you know that you can teach others? Another segue, and we'll get to Acts. That will be the next scriptures if you guys want to get those pulled up. I just had a conversation with a really good friend of mine. Some of you might know him. This is my friend Ron Perry. And Ron is struggling right now. Literally right now. Went through a lot uh, lot of really tough things over the last couple of years to the point to where depression had him thinking he didn't want to be here anymore. And as we were talking, he was telling me about how he felt left behind by the church community. What is that? And I say, hey, man, I don't want to make it about me, but where do you feel like I failed in that? Because I didn't know you felt this way. Why didn't I know? Because I don't talk to Ron. I I wasn't calling him all the time. I wasn't in communication with someone who I called my brother. He lived with us. And I couldn't even check on him. I didn't check on Ron. And now he's got this weird, skewed idea of what the church is. And as you see people doing this, which isn't so prevalent anymore, but this deconstruction of like, oh, I love the institution of church, but the people suck. Yeah, well, anywhere you go, the people suck. So, why would that be the excuse? That's what you want to clap back with if you think you know some things. But I decided to be patient with Ron because that's my brother. My brother. And I said, Where did you think I failed? He said, You know what, E? You're a pastor. And every time I talked to you, I didn't feel like I was getting anything from you. Do you know what that feels like? To know that one of my best friends who I called brother was thinking about suicide. And I was not there for him. Community. Why am I saying this? Community. He felt left behind. He felt like nobody cared for him. And so he left church. And he still left church. And when I talked to him yesterday, we were on the phone for three hours. Yeah, catch up, talking about the kids, battle rap, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, we talked about those things. But at the end of the day, I made a commitment. I said, bro, I'm sorry I left you behind like that. I'm sorry that I just went on my way, and you were literally off in the roadside, and I just left you there. And listen, I'm going to say something that might seem a bit controversial because we are going to go back to scriptures, I promise. At the end of the day, when someone is telling you about what's going on with them, if you're just giving them Bible verses for the sake of just giving them Bible verses, you are doing a disservice to the Lord, to I think his word, and especially to the person. Because sometimes maybe they don't need you to say anything. Oh, well, you know, God, you know, all those who are called according to his purposes, you know, God will give you, never give. And listen, I know this sounds like mockery. I believe these. This is God breathed. Every single word in here is inspired by the Holy Spirit, by Jesus, by God, who is being prophesied and foretold about a new heaven and a new earth. I believe every single word in here. Even the stuff that's ridiculous and hard to swallow. All of it. Too much, right? But at the end of the day, if you're just saying something to just say something, don't do the Scripture a disservice. Yes, oh, but they go out and they never fall void. They don't. But understand the ground that you're planting seed in. Acts 2, 42 through 47. Almost there. I've just got a couple more pages, I promise. And as they devoted themselves, you guys should know this already because this is basically like our unofficial church verse. <laughs> and they devoted themselves, or in devotion, that means they, they continued to care about. The apostles, the teachings, and the fellowship Excuse me, to the breaking of bread... And the prayers and all, or this is reverent fear, came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And 44 in particular, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. Common, community, unity. These are all words that all through line to each other. Literally in their spelling if you look at it. We had all things in common. Do we have all things in common, church? Boulevard Church, people that sit in this place, do we have all things in common? Do you know enough about who is pastoring? Do you know enough about who's volunteering? Do you know enough about the people that are around you? Do we have all things in common? Do we love each other enough to care about it? Listen, it's not just for you, right? I'm telling you, this is what God, this is what God had for me. So I'm just telling you what is what I'm saying. Verse 45. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with gladness and generous hearts. Pastor West talked it about being a simplicity, and in a way, it's like linked to the word holy. Right? Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Church community here consists of all of us. And there's going to be a verse that will talk about that next. Something I had to learn. When you come in here, into this building, and you decide that the things that you struggle with or your problems are more important than the person who's standing in front of you. You rob us. You rob the person of being able to maybe have some kind of breakthrough. As you get so far up into your head that you think you can't say anything to somebody. Not cussing, that's garbage. There's even a word I could use it's what uh, Paul called dung. Yeah, scubula. That is scubula. <laughs> Thought I'd break it up a little bit. I know it's kind of tense in here. <laughs> and it is. That means dung. At the end of the day, what you have inside of you is, is a gift. If, if God says that he gives these things without repentance or if there's a measure that is given you, why do you deny the person around you that thing? And especially in this community, in this community. How many people have we talked to that have come to the, through this place, through these doors, that will tell you if they're being honest, I was hurt somewhere, and I didn't know where else to go and I came here. Nowadays, we're getting people who find us on Google, or they drive by and they saw our sign on the way to somewhere else, and they stopped in. I got to pray for a guy named Sean, and I still pray for a guy named Sean. Met him one time. He sat right there, and I prayed for him like I would if it were anybody else in this building. Do you know why? Because God told me to. And, yeah, I was in my head about a lot of things, a lot of things. Obey to, uh, obedience is better than sacrifice. I chose to go pray for Sean. I don't know where he's going to go to church, but it didn't matter to me. This isn't an exclusive club here in Boulevard Church. So even if it's people who are walking in who you probably will never see again, and as much as that thing can hurt, and trust me, I've experienced it. You start walking with somebody. Man, they just want more and more and more of your time. And you move things and you make your schedule work and you meet them where they want to meet. And you find places to go meet that's cheap and you pay for their lunch if you can't. Or you buy their coffee if they don't have any money. And then that person decides the church is scubula. And they leave and you never see them again and they ghost you. I text a person, are you ghosting me? No, sir, and I never heard from him again. But did that stop me knowing? Did that stop me from pouring into this individual? Did it stop me from talking to him? For the next person, knowing it could go that way. And trust me, folks, it's happened a bunch. And I could get in my feelings, and I could be upset about it, but I'm not. Because it doesn't stop what gift God has for me for the person who's in front of me, even, even if I don't like you. Too much? Listen, I, I can't do anything but be honest up here because there's a responsibility to this position. I can't lie to you. <laughs> I can't. I want to, but I can't. Acts 2, uh, we already did that, sorry. 1 uh, Corinthians, this is the part where we talk about the body. A lot of Scripture today. Deal with it. Chapter 12 through, uh, so we're verse 12 through 31. And you're going to see the body mentioned many, many times in this verse. Um, For just as the body is one and many members, and all the members of the body, uh, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. And if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong with the body, that would not make, um, I'm sorry, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not the eye, I do not belong to the body, what would, um, sorry, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, um, right, can you imagine? I thought of Mike Wazowski right away from Monsters, Inc. <laughs> Just letting you into my head there. Always watching. <laughs> That's a nice little pun to the whole thing, if you know, you know, right? If the whole body were an eye... <laughs> Where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. Speaking to that thing I said earlier, you're here. He must have put you here. If all were a single member, um, if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet. Excuse me. I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those um, parts of the body that we think less, uh, less honorable, we bestow to greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated um, with greater modesty which more, excuse me, with our more presentable parts uh, do not require. So that's just segueing or coming out of that last verse. But God has uh, so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that, it lacked, that lacked it. And there are many, um, and there may be uh, no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. Selah, right? One member is honored. All rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church, first apostles, here's that theme again, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating And various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts? And I will show you a still more excellent way. We need each other, church. Because... As much as you may think you want it here, not everybody can do this. But you can talk to others that come into this congregation. You can talk to others that come into this body, and you don't need a platform or a pastor or an elder title in front of your name to do it. You've been empowered. It's not not an exclusive thing that we do here. It's like... (laughs) You know, you're not being put on like in a gang. Basically, you got to get jumped in. You're not being put on to do it. You have permission because Christ has already empowered you to do it. God already gave you a commission to go out into all of the world and make disciples. That means everybody in here too, including me. Listen, our our lead pastor is, is younger than I am. And I still listen to him. I didn't in the beginning. Because I'll tell you now, I didn't think he could tell me anything. I was like, he's younger than me. He hasn't led any life. What's this kid going to tell me? But that's my lead pastor, and I honor him as such. And there are days when I'm full of myself or when I'm not full of myself or when I'm acting a certain way, and me, PT, and him will stand into a room. I'll carry on. I'll be upset about some things that are going on, and these guys speak wisdom into my life, and they're younger than me. And listen, they started coming to my house first. <laughs> Imagine the turnaround on that. <laughs> At the end of the day, it, 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 it's all we're one body. Here, Strong's records the body as soma, right? And the Greek root at least depending on how you're using it, is sko or ska, which means to cover. So the body is the covering. Christ is the covering ultimately, right? Jesus is the covering ultimately, but he loves his church, the ecclesia, us, right? He's coming back for this, right? And so we should cover each other, you know, maybe, maybe you don't have, I don't know, I'll just go here. Maybe you don't have certain funds. Well, there's somebody who might be able to cover you. Maybe you're sick and someone can pray for you because, again, are all healers? Can all prophesy? Can all do this? No, but what you do have, and if we go back in Scripture, it says, gold and silver I do not have, but what I have I give to you freely in the name of Jesus Christ. You can give them something. And maybe you don't believe that. That's fine. It, it's not about what you believe. It's, it's obedience. right? Okay, I want to make sure I parse that out. Of course it's about who you believe and what you believe in, right? But about yourself in the moment. Again, don't rob somebody of what you can give them, right? Again, do you feel supported here? physically, spiritually, emotionally, and more importantly, missionally? Do you feel supported here? Pastor West said something I thought was really powerful at the beginning when he was talking about his and daily. He said that they didn't use the church community or the congregation as a stepping stone to their next thing. People come in, get raised up, get prayed for. Uh, they become some kind of leadership, and they believe, like, at this point, well, now it's time for ministry, and then you leave. Now, if God's calling you to that, truly, it's fine. But if all you're going to do is use the church as your springboard to get to another platform, this is going to sound mean, but I pray that bra- that platform breaks in Jesus' name. You can't jump on the church to get to your next thing. And old school, this ain't Cubert. You're not going up and trying to make your way up, right? At the end of the day, there's a responsibility to the thing that God has given you, and if all you can think about is the next place you go, well, then you're not going to grow because there's no depth, no roots. You're not planted. And so you're going to go out, you're going to start spewing a bunch of shallow emotional things that nobody can get with. Or some that are also shallow and emotional. I'm sorry. That are just gonna start tracking with where you're going because they believe all this man or this woman's got the word of God in them, and but do they? And how come they keep running to different churches? Why why does our Sunday involve five or six churches for some of us? Well, they give me something over there and they give me something here and they give me something there. Yeah, but I mean, what are you chasing? And is that the priority over what God is doing in your heart? Sometimes you need to be planted in places that suck. I'm sorry. I'm not saying this place sucks. I'm not. I'm a pastor here. And not just because I'm a pastor, I'm saying it. But I didn't, I didn't arrive at this place was awesome. Or I did arrive at, the place, at saying this place was awesome because it didn't start that way for me. What part of the body are you, church, and why or why not? How come you don't think you're important or why do you think you're important? What part of the body are you? Because at the end of the day, we have ministries that are very bare bones right now. We have a lot of people that are doing the exact same thing they did a year or even two years ago because nobody else can help them. Nobody else will help them too much at the end of the day i'm going to say something and i do believe this genuinely i love deacon chad this guy has ms listen this isn't this isn't for me to get you emotional i just need you to understand the weight i love maxwell these guys have something in them that i don't understand and i don't understand how it debilitates them but it does. And when this guy can't pray, he will drag himself to go seek God. And on days when he is visibly feeling it, he's standing up here and he's singing. Deacon Chad will stay here, and sometimes he's the last person here cleaning up after everybody has trashed it, and there's been a wedding or some kind of event or something. And even to the point of being after midnight, he'll stay here with some of us, and he'll set up and and, and do chairs and clean and mop and do all this other stuff because nobody else will. And I would, I would say to you that I believe that sometimes he's most of, uh, one of the most taken advantage people in this building. Oh, well, Deacon Chad will do it, so I'll just leave. Why? This is your house. Yeah, that's right. People came to your house. And so you had a gathering, so you had to move the furniture around so you could house the people that were coming to your house. Why is your bathroom dirty in your house? Why do the floors look like crap in your house? This is your house. And you have a responsibility to that house if you believe this is your house. And if you don't, this message ain't for you. Cool. And you'll leave, and it's fine. Hey, I don't like that guy. Maybe there's a reason why I was the last dude coming up here. Housekeeping and literal housekeeping. (laughs) Deacon Chad needs help. Isaac needs help. The deacons and our newly uh, deaconed uh, Glenn Phillips need help. The kids need help. Production needs help. Social media needs help. Worship, you're getting it. (laughs) It's amazing to see how many people have started to respond and come up here. It's it's awesome. It is fruitful, and it shall multiply. You know, we're talking about what it's going to look like if there's growth. Are you ready for that growth, church? Is it going to become too big for you? Is it going to be where nobody's personal anymore and I don't get the same kind of love and attention? And I do agree that sometimes that can be very important. But what I disagree with it in is that in this small setting right here and right now, how are you contributing to the community that I believe in Jesus' name will eventually grow? Because if you're planted, somebody will come to you because of your personality, or because of how you minister and your gift, and they're going to want to come up alongside of you. And, well, because this isn't your house, or you just kind of passive, like, hey, man, go, go talk to that person over there. No, you are empowered to do it as a community. You see all the pla- we have, We have stuff crammed everywhere in this building. You know what that means to me? That's indicative of growth. That means we're supposed to get bigger. You know, maybe I can dream a little bit, right? I believe we're supposed to get bigger. But until depth gets reached and you're solid in how far into the ground you need to be, then you can stand upright and be a good support. This beam that's sitting right here, this is holding the building up. If this beam was not here, it becomes structurally unsafe, and this entire roof would collapse in on this building right now. But there's a depth that beam needs to go. Before it can be down in there, it's got to be shored up, and it's got to be ready, so then this entire load beam can hold up a building. If this is your home, if you believe this is your family, how deep are you willing to go to support for when the growth comes? And that means go deep with the people in here. Last scripture. I love you guys. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another in love and in good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Fervor feeds fervor. Fervor is just another word for passion. Are you passionate about what Boulevard Church is doing? Listen, I meant what I said. If if I'm the only one at Marion B doing Good News Club every Monday, then I'll be the only one. And I meant that. And listen, if we didn't have the Good News Club, we have enough relationship in that church that we can find another vehicle to get in there and stay in there and they love this church. This church, not Pastor Eric, not Deacon Dante, not Nicole and Will Perry. They don't love us as individuals. They love our church. You say Boulevard Church, and they're like, oh, so-and-so, so-and-so, and and -and so-and-so, because they know us in there. Yeah, we got Good News Club as a vehicle, and it's helping us be in there every week, but if we didn't have it, we could still be in there every week. Miss V. and Maureen over there at the school are overwhelmed. It is an, that, this is one of the schools where the test scores weren't that great last year. That could impact funding. The largest dialect demograph in, in, in the school's uh, larger uh, sections or whatever you want to call it, they have a massive dialect of kids that go there. Many languages spoken at that place. Special needs is in there. I see these children who have, they're debilitated in some way, shape, or form, and they're still going to this school. And this is kindergarten through fifth. And I, along with other folks, we have an opportunity to give them the gospel before they go to sixth grade. Do you understand that that demograph? These kids are going to start going into confusion because nobody wants to say, listen, this is wrong. Hey, it's all acceptable. Your your interpretation, this is my truth. That is not your truth. Your identity is not wrapped up in your circumstances. It is Christ's. Your identity is in Christ. And these kids don't know that. Who's showing them? Who's showing them? Dave took me along. I was 17 years old going into 18. And I thought I knew everything. I was living at home. (laughs) I didn't know how to balance a checkbook. I didn't know how to love anybody but myself. I was buying things with my entire check. Entire check. Is that responsible? No. David Hammons, when my dad was not there, taught me how to be a man, how to love my wife because of his example to Joanna, who's like our mom. Showed me what it was to value others above himself with his children and all of the kids that we got to minister to when we did our sidewalk Sunday schools giving up entire weekends, all the time, so we could prepare, pack this small station wagon that we had to fit speakers and cables and keyboards and projectors. And it was like Tetris, but man, we got it all in there. We would show up at these schools and find our buses vandalized. And there would be used condoms and syringes and bowling balls and glass all over the place and razors, and blood all over, and we would still clean those buses and go pick those kids up. David taught me what that was. And Pastor West says it all the time. If you can't clean a toilet, you think you're ready for this? Community people. And if you call yourself one who comes to this church, uh, something you can ask yourself. How can or do you serve this community? I think this is a really fitting message because we're going, this is a new year now. With another month in February, it's already February. It's already February. And is it going to be your testimony that in another two or three months, are you going to still be stuck where you are right now? And are you okay with that? And if you are, why? I I just, if if, if we're planning for, if we're looking for the inevitability of what we believe God is doing in this building, if you truly believe that, and I do mean check yourself, do you truly believe that? And if you do, that means you're going to be doing a lot of things you probably don't want to do. But we got to grow here, right? There's something else that God wants to do in this place. Oh, I'm so sorry. Listen, at the end of the day, guys, I, I, never, I never come up here with the intention to make you feel like crap when you leave a church service. I try not to feel like crap when I'm preparing a church service for myself. But I I, the question has to be asked, like, like, why are you here? And if you can contribute, get over yourself. (laughs) We need you. I mean legitimately, we need you. We need you. If we're gonna grow, we gotta do it together, y'all. If we're gonna grow, we gotta do it together. Lord, just thank you for today, God. Whatever it is that you needed to speak, Lord, we thank you for it. Father, I pray that anything that I said that was chaff, I pray you would burn it up. And just let the wheat of your word, Father God, be the thing that nourishes. Father, I pray it wasn't about personality, me, or anything else, God. I pray that they were your words. Father, I pray that whatever is resonating in the hearts of people right now, Father, I pray that you would fan to flame, Father God, that thing that you would stir up inside of them, Lord, the need to be better hidden in you, I think, God, to understand who you are so that we can understand who we are in your body, God. Lord, I thank you for this morning, Lord, and I just ask that you would bless these guys and whatever it is they're about to get into today, Lord, just be with them. Be with them, God. If there's any opportunities, Lord, I would pray that we would respond to them, God. And if there are just better ways to be better community to each other, Lord, I pray that we would, re- that we would say yes to those opportunities, God. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.